Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. It's been a fairly grim year for news and perhaps you've fallen into a bit of a funk. The pandemic and the extended lockdowns around the country has made it difficult to feel like you can engage with anything. Polly Marston wants to change that for us and our children. Her latest kids picture book is called The Australian Climate Change Book. Hi, Polly. How are you? Hi, I'm well. How are you? Good, thank you. So climate change can be quite a scary topic. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, it's been a pretty heavy year for most people. Um, but it wasn't a heavy book, this book that you've written. How did you handle that kind of scary topic in what is a picture book for children? Yeah, I mean, that was the sort of challenge of it, obviously, because it is a bit of a scary um, topic. But I do think that the more we or the more our kids kind of know about this stuff, particularly from a science perspective, the less sort of frightening it is. Um, For small children, we sort of came on the idea of um, balance, you know, because I think that from a very young age, kids are kind of always into balance, you know, we're kind of trying to balance on one leg and, and all that sort of stuff. And so the idea was that, you know, just getting across that idea that, Um, the earth is also in balance and it needs to be kept in balance and if the earth goes off balance then the earth gets the wobbles just like we do and that's kind of what's happening at the moment so that was that was the angle we took to a very uh, tricky tricky subject and you do also explain the process of climate change in very clear words which I guess is um Harking back to what you just mentioned there about using scientific language and explaining the process to kids, why is it so important that they understand how it works? Because it's their future and because I think that children, you know, I think that all of us are born with this innate love and appreciation of nature and what happens in the natural world and For whatever reason and for many reasons, I think as we get older, we kind of separate ourselves from that and we sort of almost see what's going on in the planet as as the other, you know, and that animals are sort of somehow this different kind of thing. And um, But children are very, very in tune with that, I think. Yeah, that was kind of the message that we wanted to kind of get across. And I think that there's so much talk around climate change and it's obviously become very politicised. So just kind of drilling down into what's causing it and how humans are making an impact on it was kind of the main goal really of of this book, just in the simplest terms for young readers. You have managed to make it hopeful. I mean, I felt more hopeful as a parent reading your book than I do day to day. (laughs) You know, yes, being good. in my adult world and the new, being yes. in the news cycle yes. and hearing all the yes. reports and the lack of political action. Um, yes. Was it a conscious choice to make it a hopeful book? Um, it wasn't actually my first instinct. I actually do. I mean, it is a hard thing to make positive. And, mm. I mean, I have three children and they're very anxious about it and they participate in the school strike marches and so they're, they're very aware of what's not being done. But I just think for smaller children, I think there's no point in really 
being doom and gloom about it. We've got to get more proactive about it. And it's hard to be proactive if you feel very negative and bogged down by stuff. And, you know, it's not too late and action can be taken to turn this situation around. And it's at the end of the day, it's going to be the young people who are really going to force us to do that, as they already are doing. So, you know, I hope that there's a little bit of empowerment in there as well. Well, you did mention the school strike for climate change and you've got a link to the website in your book. Now, when kids went on strike previously, there were certain politicians that claimed adults were brainwashing kids into taking this kind of action. Why do you think giving kids the opportunity to protest in this way is important? As Greta Thornburg said so eloquently the other day, you know, blah, blah, blah to a mm. lot of what the politicians are doing. <laughs> and I, think that, and I think that is, you know, that's certainly the reaction from my own kids and I think that they're going to protest anyway. Certainly the teenagers are a lot more switched on than a lot of the adults about this stuff. Mm. Um, and, and I just think that we've shied away from it for such a long time that we just can't afford to do that anymore. So I think it's all hands on deck. I think it's all families need to get on board with it to to not only kind of pressure our government for some actual action on it, but also just to adopt different behaviours in their own lives that are going to help. And you do have several tips in your book on how kids can help with climate action. What kind of things do you believe that children can be involved with? main things for kids I mean maybe not as much for the younger children as much as ones that are getting older but it's the sort of reusing of things you know I think we Mm. live in such a a throwaway society and if something breaks it just gets kind of chucked out and and that's sort of we've kind of almost lost that those old world skills of how to repair things so that they can be reused. I think that that's a really important thing to teach children. Obviously, there's also a message around, you know, the food that we eat and where it comes from and, you know, getting children involved maybe in that kind of the growing process themselves just so they have a better understanding of of how positive it can be to source your food from, you know, your local markets or you might like to yeah grow it on your balcony or so just little things like that that I think are going to sort of bring about a change in behavior as the kids grow up is important you know. Mm. I mean I look at our kids and I see such great things happening in their education particularly in early education before they even get to school but Mm. so much more information about our environment about our Indigenous First Nations people um, so much more than what we had as kids and I think sometimes I lose sight of that about how Mm. much our kids know now and what it means to them is different even to what it means to us. I mean do you have hope for the future because we've had this big shift in education for our children? Oh absolutely and I also think I mean, I I don't know. I think we're such a great generation of parents, <laughs> you know, but I yes. do, you know. But, um, you know, we're parents who, who talk to our children and we have kind of made sure that our society, as much as we can, is moving in a more accepting way and and the indigenous understanding of our indigenous cultures. I mean, it's just so different from when I was growing up. 
And yes, the education system is one part of it. But I think it's also, I think, parents. I think we're a, we're a pretty cool generation of parents. Oh, <laughs> I like opinion. that. Yes. I like that. Let's let's end on a high five to us. Yes, I, I, exactly. Thanks, Polly. Why not? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. It is beautifully illustrated, as, oh, thank you, as was your last um, book as well about bushfires. Yeah. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Thank you so much. That's Polly Marsden. She's the author of the Australian Climate Change book, and there'll be links to the book in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.